Hey, I just want to say thank you for checking out this message today. I hope that it helps you, that it encourages you, and that you are able to learn a little bit more about who God is and why so many people throughout history have chosen to become followers of Jesus. If you enjoy this message and you want to hear more, you can find us on Facebook or YouTube, but ultimately you can find everything you need to know at clcwinnipeg.ca. There you can find more messages, you can find our social handles, ways to get connected to our church, and if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do that as well. And like I said before, I hope that you are encouraged by the message you're about to hear. God bless you. I have a question for you. How would you characterize this season in your life? How would you describe it? If you had one word to describe uh, the, the current times that we're living in and maybe what you're going through, how would you describe it in one word? For a lot of people, I think a word like uncertainty uh, would characterize the times we're living in. If you, if you take your, your news from social media, uh, the newscasts out there, there's certainly an awful lot to really cause you to feel really ill at ease and uh, upset. And for some people even to feel afraid when they, they look at the news that's out there. Uh, some alarmists would say uh, the world is falling apart. We hear stories like um, uh, the whole world is going to be destroyed in, in 12 years if, if we don't uh, deal with climate change. And then we look at stories of rioting and anarchy and lawlessness and, and politics is more divided today than it probably has been in most of our lifetimes. And so there's all kinds of things uh, happening in, in the world today that cause people to feel really uncertain and unsure and uh, really not knowing what's next. Uh, what should we expect tomorrow? Well, as followers of Christ, we can have a different perspective and we should have a different perspective. And one of the perspectives we should have is, is one of certainty and confidence. We're going to be looking at a passage of scripture today from Ezekiel chapter 48, verse 35, and it's the last verse in Ezekiel. And it says, the distance all around will be 18,000 cubits and the name of the city from that time on will be the Lord is there. Now we've been doing a series called God is, and we've been talking about uh, the names of God, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Rapha, uh, last week, Jehovah Jireh. And today I want to talk about Jehovah Shammah. And that is about the Lord or the God who is there. And I want to, first of all, talk about the historical context so you know what's going on here and what this is about. We have in, in Ezekiel's time, uh, him prophesying previous to this time that, that uh, Jerusalem and the temple were going to be destroyed, and, and they were. Uh, the people of God had been in captivity for some 70 years. 
and they were pretty discouraged and pretty distraught about their situation, weren't having a whole lot of, a whole lot of hope. And they lost out on God's favor because of their sin and disobedience. But God gave a promise and he had not forgotten his people. And he was giving them some hope here, something to look forward to. And the promise here was that things are going to be rebuilt and the name over their city was going to be the Lord is here or the Lord is there. And so there's a, a real glimmer of hope for the people here. And I want to secondly talk about differences in perspective. You see, you can have two people that face the same situation, but have a completely different perspective on it. If, if you're the kind of person who really has hope in God, then you might have a different perspective than someone who doesn't have hope in God. So here's, here's uh, how your perspective can be influenced if you don't have hope in God, if you don't believe that God is there in your situation. One of the one of the first things I want to talk about is the fact that if we don't see God there in our future or in our present, then fear and uncertainty are likely going to be uh, what we're living in on a daily basis. In Luke chapter 21, verse 26, it's talking about end times. And I personally believe we are living in the end times. I believe that we ought to look forward to the soon return of Christ. And in Luke chapter 21, verse 26, it says, People will faint from terror and apprehensive about what is coming to the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. And we are going through a time when it seems like everything is being shaken. Our economic structures, our political structures, things being closed down and and we, we hear about new normals and, and, and how everything is changing. Everything's being shaken. And the Bible says that people will faint from terror, from fear, apprehensive about what's coming and apprehensive about what's coming next. Uncertainty uh, really causes us to sort of feel destabilized and you know, like we're trying to balance on, on one foot in the middle of a, uh, a torrential rain that's coming at us from the side, you know. We just feel destabilized. And that's what, what uncertainty does to people. And when we don't feel certain about the future, it gives way to fear of the future and fear of what's coming next and fear over our circumstances. So uncertainty and fear are a couple of things that can happen if we don't have the confidence that the Lord is there in our future or today in our present. Here's something else, lies. That's something else that we can end up uh, beginning to believe is, is lies. When we aren't putting our trust in the Lord, in Matthew chapter 24, verse 6, again, Jesus is talking about end times. And he says, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. 
But see to it that you're not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is, is still to come. And so he is talking about how in the latter times, in the end times, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. But we're not just hearing about, about rumors of wars. There are all kinds of rumors floating around all the time about everything. And particularly as we look at social media and all of the quote-unquote the experts out there that are giving their opinions, a lot of it is rumor spreading and, mong- and fear-mongering and people giving their opinions as though they are fact. So rumors are one of the things that people can give themselves to believing and fearing, speculation. We need to be focused on truth, not on rumors. We need to be dealing with facts, not on speculation. Another thing that can happen is uh, if we don't see God as being there and we've written him out of, out of the script of our lives, we can see godlessness really take hold. And when you look at 2 Timothy chapter uh, 3, verse 1 to 5, I'm not going to read it to you today, but take your Bible and on your own, take some time to read that passage of Scripture. It, it talks about godlessness in the last days, how people are abusive, how they are lovers of themselves. And it just goes through this description. I thought, wow, that, that really describes society today. There's a godlessness that has taken place in our culture. The Bible says that the fool says in his heart, there is no God. And you, can, you cannot get rid of God by saying he doesn't exist. You cannot get rid of God by legislation that doesn't include him. You cannot get rid of God by by wishing him away or by not believing in him. You can't get rid of God. He was and he is and he will always be. God is. And it's foolish people who decide that they're going to write him out of the script of our culture, of our world, and say, we don't need him. And when we start to believe that God is not there, we end up in this state of of disbelief, of godlessness, and it's not a good place to be. If we do see that God is there, then everything is quite different. It changes our thinking. And some of the ways that our thinking changes is, first of all, We have confidence and we have trust. See, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, it said, Jesus Christ, who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, when we really put God in the picture and say he's there, the God who is there, we can trust him and we can have confidence in him. In Psalm 139, verse 7 to 10, the psalmist is, is asking this question, and I, I love what it says here. It says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I hide from your presence? Or where can I flee from your presence? And then he answers his own question. He says, you are there. 
In other words, I can't hide from your spirit. I can't hide from your presence. You are, you're there. You are just there, God. And so we can have this, this confidence in knowing that God is there. Another thing that, that happens when we see God being there, when we see God being present in our lives, is that we can have peace. And Jesus is speaking in John chapter 14, verse 1. He said, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. Troubled. I think troubled, having a troubled heart, is having a heart that is lacking peace. And Jesus said, if you trust me, you're not going to be troubled. If you don't trust me, you're going to be troubled. So he says, trust me. Trust me today. Now, over the years, I have um, been known to to buy and sell a, a few cars. And one of the things that will make me uh, flee from a car dealership is if I don't feel that they're being truthful and honest and trustworthy. There's something that happens when you are in a relationship where there's no trust, whether it's a, a a commercial relationship, a business relationship, or a personal relationship, when we deem that a person is not trustworthy, we're not going to have peace about that relationship. Well, Jesus said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust me. Trust me. You can trust him. The other thing that we find that works for us when we see that God is there is is we can be people who have hope. We can have hope. In Luke chapter 21, verse 28, again, following this theme of end times and and looking forward to the return of Christ, the Bible says, look up, your redemption draws nigh. That speaks of hope. That that means that when everything is is boiling and festering uh, down here on earth, when we are seeing God in the midst of all that's going on, we can look up and have hope because our redemption draws near. Here's something else is that we can derive when we recognize that God is near, and, and that is that we can have mutual encouragement. When we look at Hebrews chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, it, it talks about uh, continuing to meet together, and all the more as we see the day approaching. And why do we do that? Well, it says, so that you can encourage each other. And so one of the things that we derive when we derive from knowing that God is there and and he's present in our lives is, is community and relationship and fellowship and encouragement. And so in this, this time when, when more and more people are engaging online, it's still important for you to be in community. It's still important for you to to gather with other believers. It's still important for you to to have people that are encouraging you to have fellowship, to have community. And I want to encourage you to not uh, just isolate yourself, but be in community with others, be in relationship with others. When you see God is there, you want to be with other people. Something else is, is when we see that God is there is, is we, we live in the presence of God. In Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, it was uh, really 
foretelling of Jesus coming. And, and one of the, the names assigned to him, one of the descriptors of Jesus was Emmanuel. Emmanuel, what does it mean? God with us. God is with us. We live in the presence of God. In Acts chapter 17, verse 28, it says, In him we live and move and have our being. He's present. He's present. So what is our personal application to all of this? How does Jehovah Shammah, God is there, how does that relate to you? Well, we live today, but we oftentimes have our eye on the future. I don't know about you, but I'm always kind of looking ahead at what's coming next. I remember as a young person thinking, well, what's next? Well, I'm going to graduate from high school. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to go for further education. I'm going to, for me personally, it was I'm going to go into ministry and maybe it's another career that a young person is looking at. Then we, we may be thinking, well, I, maybe I'll get married and have children. And then you have children and it's, well, what's the next stage? We're going to get them out of diapers. We're going to teach them to walk and talk and feed themselves and go to school and drive a car and all of these different things. And then we anticipate the, the day. At first, we kind of dread the, the fact that we might be empty nesters. Kids leave home and, and, then, and then we come to accept it and actually enjoy it and enjoy the new freedom that we, we've found. And, and then we start thinking about retirement, think about aging, think about our health. And ultimately, we end up thinking about death. So there's, there's all these things that we're constantly transitioning from one stage to another stage in life. Well, God is there. And one of the things that, that we can take away from this truth is that God is there in your future. God is in the next stage of your life. Jehovah Shammah. God is in your tomorrow. He's already there. And he already knows what your future looks like. He's there. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and hope. And we have an ultimate future to look forward to. We have an ultimate hope to look forward to. That we're going to be with Jesus in heaven. Romans chapter 8 verse 38 says there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. He sees the beginning and he sees the end. And he sees everything in between. And the promise is true that God is there. And God is there for you. And so when you think about the future, when you think about tomorrow, when you think about what's coming next, don't forget God is there. And he'll be there for you. And so, just in, in closing this talk off today, I want to ask this question. Is, is this for everyone? Is this promise for everyone? Well, sadly, no, it's not. You may be saying, what are you talking about? It's not. Well, if you don't factor God into your life, you can't really enjoy the promises of God and the fulfillment of the promises of God. 
if you don't acknowledge that God is there in your life, it's pretty tough to experience the promises of God in your life. So really, this promise is for those who believe. They believe, they believe in God. They believe in God's Son, Jesus Christ, who, who died on the cross for our sins, who gave himself up for us. Emmanuel, God with us, the Son of God. And so you can experience these promises of God by, first of all, by being a believer. That God sent his Son, Jesus, to die for you. That, that, that Jesus offers to you forgiveness of sin and a personal relationship and when we do that when we enter into that personal relationship we are having a personal relationship with God and he truly is there not as an abstract truth but in a personal relationship and he's there and he dwells in us and he dwells with us and that's good news and it is inclusive it includes everyone. Whoever believes, whosoever will, can come to know God in a personal relationship through His Son, Jesus Christ. I want to thank you for joining us today. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can contact us through our website, clcwinnipeg.ca. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to be prayed for, if you have a prayer request, drop us a line. One of the uh, things I'd like to do just before I end this is just have a word of prayer for each of you. Heavenly Father, we come to you today and I pray that we would experience a God who is there by first of all accepting the fact that you sent your son Jesus to die for us, that, that Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that we would know your forgiveness of sin, that we would be able to accept you as our Savior, and invite you into our hearts and into our lives. We thank you. We thank you that you forgive us. We thank you that you love us and that you care for us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you are in Winnipeg, we'd love to have you join us for a Sunday service. We meet at 9.30 and 11.10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Christian Life Church. You're always welcome. We'll try and make you feel right at home if you come and see us. We are practicing uh, physical distancing and trying to make sure that the environment is safe for everybody. Also, uh, if you're part of our online audience, I just want to encourage you to, to think about us in your giving. Uh, it enables us to keep coming to you. We want to continue uh, reaching out to, to you and meeting you and your family and your friends. And, and you can give through our website as well, clcwinnipeg.ca. Tell your friends about, about this and uh, ask them to join with you. And we want to uh, want to thank you for, for being with us today. God bless you. Have a great week.